Thank you for tuning in to the City Light West Council Bluff Sermon Podcast. We are a church that exists to multiply disciples and churches that is located in Council Bluffs, Iowa. If you want to learn more about our church, visit citylightwestcb.org or follow us on Facebook at City Light West Council Bluffs and Instagram at City Light West CB. Good morning. Uh, as already said, my name is Nate. I'm a pastoral resident for Providence Church, and it is a sweet joy and privilege to be able to serve you today. And so I really want to start off. Let me move that back. About the church planning thing. Um, <laughs> my wife didn't know that necessarily. We haven't, but we've been working on it. God has been moving in a lot of ways, and so I'm super thankful. So my wife knows now we're going to be planting a church soon. So. <laughs> We've talked about it. So I, I first want to start off and tell a story about myself a little bit. And so in 2009, I enlisted into the United States Marine Corps. Hoorah, Semper Fidelis. And to be honest, I just, I ran. That's how I landed in the Marine Corps. At the time I was in college, I was 20 years old. I was failing my courses in college, which were, which were affecting my basketball journey. Uh, my best friend and I were drifting apart, and a girlfriend that I was dating, we were going through a messy breakup. And so my, my identity was in sports and friendships. And when that stuff fell, and when that stuff crumbled, everything else kind of crumbled with it. And so on January 11th, 2009, I found myself standing on these yellow footprints at Marine Recruit Depot, San Diego, right, being yelled at by drill instructors. They cut off all my hair, they took my clothes off, and they gave me new ones to put on. I had one phone call, and it was to my mom, and I had to read from the script, and it said, hi, mom, this is Nate, I made it safe to San Diego, you can write me. Here's the address. I won't speak to you in 13 weeks. Goodbye. Hung up. That's it. Crazy, right? I was Nate from Minnesota. Then I became recruit ID number 137-9984-220. Please don't copy that. <clears throat> so I've never been to jail, uh, but I imagine that there's some comparisons with Marine Boot Camp. And so for 13 weeks of transformation is what I experienced. And the first eight of those weeks is them breaking you, right? They're really chipping away the old undisciplined, the kid that can't show up on time, who lacks courage. And then the next four weeks is them building you up. They're molding you into a Marine, what they want you to be. And so the last culminating event is called the crucible. So it's a 54-hour event where you're going from mission to mission, you have one meal, you sleep for eight hours over the course of two and a half days. And it's really to put you into the fire, to put you into to a test to see if it will last. And the very last event is self-effort. Right? It's to test the grit inside your heart. And essentially it's a three-mile hike up and over this mountain called the Reaper, the mountain that brings death. And so long story short, I get up over this mountain, over the ridge, down to the base camp and to the finish line. And there, there's Marines who are waiting to conduct a ceremony 
And they, they give you your eagle globe and anchor, right? It's the symbol of the Marine Corps. It's the pride of what we are trying to earn the entire 13 weeks. And that commander says something to me that shaped the remainder of the decade that I served in the Marine Corps. He came up to me, right? He's this bulldog, stout, strong of a man, kind of like our own Chuck Kaiser sitting here. And he says, son, who are you? And now being a 13-week train, lean, mean, green fighting machine, right? I yell out, recruit Whistler, sir. And he shakes his head. He says, no. He says, whoever you were before this moment, he's gone. You have fulfilled the requirements of being a United States Marine. So from this day forth, act like it. Be a Marine. And so church, chapters 1 and 2, Paul's already said it, right? If you have faith in Jesus... You are a new creation, right? That is your identity. Now, our passage today, Paul's urging us to live like it, right? To line up our lives in that identity, to live life as one who's already been made alive in Christ. So that's the theme for today, to live life as one who's been made alive in Christ. And there's three takeaways. Number one is we are called to take off the old self, We are called to take off the old self. Number two, we're called to put on the character of Christ. Put on the character of Christ. And number three, we are called to allow the presence of God to work in our life. So let's look at Paul's first call to action, which is to take off the old self. So Kenan just read it for us, right? We are are to put to death the old and earthly ways of ourselves. Right, Paul sets the tone Interestingly, in, in the early chapter, chapter 3, um, and he, he reminds his audience of the reality that their lives are hidden in Christ. And because of his death, we can have life. And this too is the same for us. The gospel calls us to consider our actions and how that affects those around us. We simply, the old self does not, um, does not fit with our new identity. And, and what I love about Paul in, in the first aspects of the, in, in verses 5 through 11, is he's unashamedly direct with sin. And the thing is, it's not as a measuring stick. Paul's not trying to give you something to say, this is how Christian you are. Look at me. He does it to tug at the string, at the, at the hearts of every believer. Right? He, he doesn't want us to be discouraged, but he wants to encourage and build us up. Strike at the heart of every believer and encourage us to get rid of that old man. Right? Paul here is literally saying to kill or destroy these worldly character traits that are so harmful to the believer, but also our community. Right? He calls them idolatry because at the heart of sexual morality, impurity, passions, evil desires, and covetousness, right, we are placing something or someone over God. Right? We don't want to give over control to God. So think about it. How many times this week have we made an excuse for a bad habit or sin? Right? Maybe we've said this is the last time. How many white lies have we told without even thinking about it? 
right? We tend to bend the truth sometimes of something we've said or worse, what someone else has said. What about gossip? Or better yet, look at Paul's second list. How many times this week have we demonstrated anger, wrath, malice, slander, or obscene talk from our mouth? In Romans 6.6, Paul says, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Family, this is what life is like in God's new family. Right? Taking it from the individual level to the group level, corporately, we together are called to put off sin. Because together we're being made into a new family. In fact, this is what Paul says in verse 11. Right? It doesn't matter your background or your gender or your race. It doesn't matter where you live. You could live in West Omaha like myself or West Council Bluffs. We're all called to this unity. We all have sin that needs to be put away. And we do it together because we are a new community. We are a new family. We're not who we used to be, and we're not divided by the ways of the world. They want us to be divided by sex and race and gender, but not Christ. So when I became a Marine, there was 90 other men, young men that went through this with me different ethnicities. We came from all over the place. Ohio, Florida, Texas, Georgia. We had some guy from Russia. I don't know how he got there, (laughs) but he was there. And although we came from 90 different tribes, we were all now united as Marines, right? We were part of the same family. We understood that we had a responsibility for, for each other and that our actions affected each other. So church, I would encourage you to be a community and don't shame or condemn others of sin, but build up and encourage and say, hey, brother or sister, I will walk with you through this. Be a community that's actively putting away sin. That sin in your life that's kept you captive. Paul says, kill it. Say goodbye and start walking in the way of Jesus. Start walking in unity with each other. Where our positions as sons and daughters must translate into our everyday lives, right? As we say yes to Jesus, and as we say no to sin. As we say yes to Jesus ruling all of my life, and no to sin being my master. So bring sin to the light. Confess it to God. Confess it to each other in your city groups and to your closest friends. Right? Take off the old self. Kill it. Throw it away and start living life as one who's already been made alive in Christ. Paul's calling us to put on the character of Christ. And so we see if we go to verse 12, he tells us now how we should start living in it. Starting in verse 12, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all, put on, above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Now, this theme of putting on something new is not unique 
to Paul's right into the Colossians. Right? In fact, he uses this language elsewhere in his letters. For example, we see in Ephesians 4, verse 24, Paul writes, And to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Right? This new self that Paul speaks of is in fact the character of Christ. It's having a compassionate heart for those around us who are struggling or going through tough times. It is kindness, even when someone may be rude. It is humility, meekness, patience. It is forgiveness, even for those who we don't believe deserve our forgiveness. It's the character of Christ that we must put on. So I have a six-year-old son. He's not here, unfortunately, with us today. And Maximus is just a normal height. He's not passed away. I, I, I know that might have sounded like that. He's sick. He's with Grandma. Uh, so we have a six-year-old son. And Max is just this wild, like, boy. Right? He breaks things from time to time. And he recently turned six, and he started to push his buttons a little bit with his mom. He's, he's pushing his boundaries. So I came home snuck in the house, and I overheard him disobeying. And so I tried to give him a chance, but he just wouldn't budge. And so dad stepped in. And something really stirred in me and swelled with him disobeying his mom, and I disciplined Max out of frustration. And not only that, but for the rest of the day, I treated him a little differently than his siblings, almost like he didn't deserve my love for what he's just done. Now, I'm not saying that we should not discipline children, because I do believe that. But what I'm saying is, in that moment of discipline, I did not display Christ's character. I realized that it wasn't just enough to take off the old, but I had to intentionally put on the character of Christ. You see, these passages are one cohesive thought from Paul. They're not disjointed. If we say we take off the earthly, but fail to put on the heavenly then I would say we really haven't taken it off, or at least we haven't killed it. The flesh will continue to nip at our heels. Put it on the character traits of Jesus is how we know we're killing the old man. But if patience and kindness and forgiveness are regular habits, right? if these heavenly characteristics are part of your life, we know the old man is dead. But he doesn't want to go that easy, does he? The enemy hates anything that's holy and righteous. Right? He hates flourishing marriages and relationships. He hates brothers and sisters in Christ bearing each other's burdens and loving our neighbors. But he hates humility. He hates forgiveness. And the enemy cannot stand love because God is love. Look at what Paul says in verse 14. It is love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Paul says choose to put on love, and in doing so you'll be more compassionate. You'll be more kind, more capable of humility and patience. If you believe in the gospel, then know that Christ has already secured victory for you. He has given you a new heart. And the Holy Spirit will convict of sin and will produce a desire to be in his presence. 
by believing in the gospel, we take off the old self, we put on the new, and we start living life as one who's made alive in Christ. So all that sounds good, doesn't it? Right? I can stop being angry. I can stop gossiping. I can stop lying. I can put down the bottle. I can start being patient or kind and loving and forgiving. But you know, if you've tried that on your own strength, it's really hard, right? It's impossible. So how can we actually change? How can we truly stop, stop living in the old and start living in the new? Well, the final point that Paul is encouraging us is to allow the presence of God to work in our life for that change. To allow the presence of God to work in our life for that change. Verse 15 and 17. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So in my story, my street clothes were taken off And new ones were put on. The old habits of that undisciplined young man were chipped away. And my mindset shifted. And I was challenged to act according to my new nature. But there's one flaw in my story that I do need to point out. And it's with what the commander said to me. He looked at me and said, son, you have fulfilled all the requirements of being a United States Marine's. That's not true with us. You see, as followers of Christ, yes, we need to walk like followers of Christ. But no, you don't fill the requirements. Right? It's Jesus who does. Right? Jesus is the righteous one who cleanses us of our filth. Right? As a Marine, I had to fill the requirements. I had to endure the tasks. I had to struggle to earn it. In the gospel, Christ is the one who does all that. But it is Jesus who's paid the price, canceled our debts in his death. Where we are simply recipients of the work of salvation through faith in the one who saves. Where Paul puts it like this in Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9. For by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. The gospel is the fact that God saves sinners like you and me through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. It both justifies us and sanctifies us. And so let me explain that quickly. So the moment that you believe in the gospel, Jesus, his righteousness transfers to you, and you're saved. The moment you believe in him, you are justified before a holy God. It happens in an instance. That's justification. Sanctification, on the other hand, is a process, right? It's moving to become more and more like Jesus. Right? There, there can be seasons of slow growth where you, you feel some pain, where, where you're getting pruned, where that old self is getting chipped away. But there's also seasons of abundance and super growth. Right? The, the general 
direction of sanctification. It's just moving towards Jesus day by day, moment by moment, being more like Jesus. Right? Paul's given us the answer on how we put off the old and how we put on the new. And we do that by allowing God to work in our lives. It is the peace of Christ which provides a deep and fulfilling rest as we search for, as we live in the presence of God. It's abiding in Christ through his word and allowing formation to take place. It's experienced in community as we fellowship and worship together this amazing God. It's like Paul says in verse 17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of Lord Jesus. Right? We take off the old and we put on the new by abiding in Christ. Right? We, we take off the new old and put on the new by being people who are deeply rooted in his word. Right? We do this by worshiping community, while driving your car, while baking a cake, while fixing a pipe. Right? We do this by being grateful to the Lord in all things. And so my pastor preached a couple weeks ago on our core value of formation. And so I want to quickly share with you one thing that stood out to me in his sermon. And it was this idea that in the Christian walk, there is no such thing as neutrality. Right? There's nothing neutral about our walk. Right? Either we are being influenced by the world or we're being shaped by Jesus. Right? Because the gospel, you have a choice. We have a choice. Right? Jesus changes us. Right? We no longer have to be slave to sin. We have a choice. So which will you choose? Right? Every day, every hour, every moment, because of the gospel, we have a choice. Right? You can choose to gossip behind someone's back or we can choose to build them up and encourage them. Right? We, we can choose to be resentful and bitter. Or we can choose forgiveness. Right? Seeking the joy and peace. And when you're alone and you have that itch to look at that image on that screen. That you know you should not look at. Right? We can choose momentary satisfaction that the world offers. Or we can choose to turn to the one who satisfies the, the hunger, the deep Desire that everyone needs, urges for. If substance abuse is a struggle, right, we can choose to go to that same bar that we used to go to. We can choose to be with the same friends, or we can turn to Jesus. We can find freedom and life in Jesus. Will we be a people who abide in the peace that Christ offers? Right? Or will we choose anxieties and worrisome from the world? Will politics shape our world view, or will Jesus and his word be the, be the lens to which we filter life through? Right? Paul is calling us to action. Right? City Light, you've been set free the moment that you've accepted Jesus. Right? Let God work in your life so that you can start living as one who's made alive in Christ. And in closing, our Lord Jesus says in Matthew 16, verse 24, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. How many of you have ever asked the question, 
What is the will of God for my life? Well, I know I have many times. But what if he's already given us the answer? What if in the end, the car that you drive, the house that you own, the job that you have, what if those things really do not matter in the end? What if his will is for your character to be transformed, for you to be shaped in the image of Jesus? He says, deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And I believe that Paul is speaking of this self-denial, this denying self, and he's encouraging us to put off the old, to, to kill those fleshly habits that we have and put them to death, and to put on the character of Christ and to allow God to shape our minds and our actions. And we do that by following him. We do that by desiring to be in his presence. We do that by asking the Spirit to give us a mind that thinks like Jesus. To ask the Spirit to give us a heart that loves people like Jesus loved. We are, we are a people who trust and proclaim the gospel. And that's great. But are we living by it? In order to live life as one who's made alive in Christ, we must take off the old and kill it. We must put on the character of Christ and embrace this new identity. And number three, we must allow the presence of God to work in our lives. Not in just little segments or little pieces, but all of our lives. Let me pray. Thank you again for listening. This podcast is not intended to serve as a substitute for gathering with a local body of believers, but as a resource that encourages and empowers you to follow Jesus as your heart is pointed towards the gospel. If you want to learn more about our church, visit citylightwestcb.org.